<laughs> well, we're on anyway. So hey! <laughs> What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining us for the first leg of our Winter Clash. Uh, extravaganza. Extravaganza, sure. Yeah. There we go. Every time. We had a Blading Cup one, now we have a Winter Clash Yeah, it's one. an extravaganza where we do this many. Hell yeah. Well, we don't have much time for this first one, but we are here with the man himself who's in charge and involved yeah. for this whole the whole reason we're here today. Yeah, we so, don't have much time for this one because he's an extremely busy person. Busy. Probably the busiest <laughs> person. I can't even believe we got him to sit down right now. I know. It's like talking to the president. Welcome. <laughs> good, good day. Hello. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for having me. Welcome Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for inviting me. this show. Thank you for taking time out of your busy, busy-ass week to come here. Uh, I know you guys have been here like all week, right? What day did you get in? Uh, Friday last week. Friday last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so you've already been here for a minute. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And um, there's a ton of, like, a bunch of people who haven't been here yet, because I don't think you know this until you come here, how much is going on here, how many people are involved in, you know, coordinating everything, all the volunteers you have working for you. Um, I want to talk about a little bit of that stuff because there's so much work that goes into this, and it's cool to see people putting this much effort into events like this in our sport. Um, tell us a little bit, like, maybe how Winter Clash started in the beginning and what brought it to where it is now. Yeah. Um, it basically all started, like, in my hometown, Dresden, which is in the east of Germany. We just wanted to get people to come to our town and organize small street comps, street, street competitions, and then we... I don't know it started with street. Started with street? Yeah, no, but it wasn't called Winter Clash back then. It was called Restreet Dresden or something like that. Mm -hmm. i got to turn off my phone. One second. <laughs> like we were saying, he's busy. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. No, no, it's okay. And flight modes. Are you blowing up right now? No, it's okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, and from there, we just wanted to have people in, uh, come to our city because mm -hmm. no one came. And then a couple of years later, we wanted to do something bigger outside of Dresden. And we went to a small town in northern Germany and called it Winterclash and made it super handmade in, I think, Microsoft Word, like this, just saying the probably most special role event this winter, like with terrible English and everything. <laughs> and and uh, with like pink letters, and then we handed out at other competitions. We went and handed out this like normal paper, most pro probably most special role event this winter, and then sent out uh, a lot of letters actually by by post invitations to all kinds of people, like all the people. I was writing for Roses back then, and I was on a, just got back from a big European tour, so I made a lot of connections in France. Mm -hmm. So I sent out like all these invitations to Matthias Silan and all the people, and. Uh, with terrible English again, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hoping that someone would show up. And in the end, we had like 300 people showing up um, for the first one. That was in 2005. Yeah, the first bigger one. Like we did the small ones in the home hometown skate park and the real street ones. Mm -hmm. But it was the first one with an international crowd and um, learning how to work with someone running a skate park. I got fucked over right away. Was a skateboard dude just fucking us over. The only guy who made money that day was him. Yeah. Mm. Um, of course. Um, right off the bat. Yeah, right yeah. away. But it was still, it was fun because it actually was the same back then and it's now. Like the most important part for, for us is the week leading up to it because mm -hmm. it's like still the same tight group of friends. There's some changes here and there, new people coming in, some people haven't to step back because of jobs. But that's what made Winter Clash in the beginning and what's still the reason that it's still there. It's like still the tight group of people. Um, to have uh, there's the guys from from Era 51, Pim, who who is running the park now, and Wing. They're like um, they did the prefab of the of the ramps and are running the whole place mm -hmm. here all all year long, mm -hmm. and they're helping us here on site. Um, How has it worked with those guys? Uh, it changes like it changed every year because the management changed so many times okay. at the skate park and now for two it's a second third year in a row that's the same management and they're changed things totally completely because it was a pure 
skateboard skate park before mm-hmm. and now pim the guy who was running the bmx park next door he took over the whole park and he is really fighting for a place where everyone is equal like he wants the bladers the skaters the bmxers and the scooter rider all in one building and everyone should be treated equally mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's good, but yeah. it's, like, really complicated for him because it is, like, Area 51 has a long history of being a true DIY skateboard mm-hmm. park. Like, they were in the other building back in the day, and then all the big flip guys came over, and, like, it was diehard skateboarders, mm-hmm. like we know them, and they were fighting hardcore when he took over. Like, it was the, he was destroying their living room. Like, back in the day, you could smoke in a park, you could smoke weed in the park, everyone got, uh, was getting wasted, there wasn't any schedule, really... Mm-hmm. And that changed completely now, and it's more treated like a proper sports facility. Because you want the parents to come in, you want to be able to plan more than one year ahead. And you need funds from the government, and you only get the funds from the government if you behave with a a certain way. Of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah, So he really professionalized this this place and had to fight against a lot of people, I guess. Because they don't want anyone else besides skateboarders in here. Mm And now in March this year, like a couple of weeks after Winterclash, they will shut down this whole place for until October and change it completely. Because right now it's like a separate BMX course and skateboard course, mm-hmm. but it will be one big park at the end of next year, of the, uh, at the end of this year. Well, so, so it's going to be a whole completely different park? Or completely, that yeah. Oh, completely. Wow. Like the whole building will be changed. The stairway is going to be different. And the so when the 2021 is going to be just like a whole, be new, totally whole new thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's going to be interesting for next year then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what, <laughs> what's involved in changing like the layout of the course every year? Because every year you have the sponsors, the major sponsors have their own little ramps and stuff like that. Who's like, do the sponsors decide that? Do you guys decide that you have like a meeting to figure that stuff out? The park involved, where what, what does that go from? Mm, that started in Mühlhausen in uh, the middle of Germany. when we, I think when mm-hmm. 2006 we started because there was just a plain skateboard course and mm-hmm. like a couple of ramps here and there but nothing to grind on. And then we started to come up with these new obstacles and that quickly developed into the idea to, like the goal is every year we want to have obstacles that have never been built before in any skate park ever. That's the general idea to like make people think out of the box. It mm-hmm. definitely shows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. and at the yeah. same time, we yeah, want obstacles stuff. Obstacles this year are really sick. Yeah, it's yeah. always like it's always nice because you would want everyone to be able to skate it, mm-hmm. even the kids. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you need big stuff, and it should be technical, and there should be lines possible. But also, if the, pa- the park is packed with people, lines are not going to be possible anymore. So mm-hmm. you need every ramp to be working on their own as well. Yeah. So it's like tricky. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Mm, but it's super fun. To yeah, just it seems come. fun. Yeah. Every year having something different at the yeah. same place. And it really became became one of them, not a marketing tool, but it became special because we tried to keep it secret until yeah. the last minute. Like if people are coming in the week before, no pictures are allowed. That's awesome. That makes yeah. it exciting. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, we really want the people to come into the building for the first time, have this like wow moment. Yeah, that's like sick. And it's like fair to yeah. like people who are going to compete in it you know they just everyone sees it at the same time yeah like exactly come. Yeah. that's awesome yeah is so yeah the main reason that you guys come so early is to get started on the ramps yeah or there's more than yeah. involved yeah i know that that's it that's like it. the <laughs> other part the other part is mostly computer-based stuff yeah and but of, of course decoration like all the snowflakes and preparing the rooms for the for the for the mm-hmm. trade show and for the panels mm-hmm. but the most part is the ramps like t- some of them will are prefabbed by the team from era 51 mm-hmm. um but once we get in, like on Sunday night, usually we push everything into the park and then put it in place and then we start branding it. And then like the colors, the logos, and also the final touches on the copings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and the sponsors don't have a say on the ramps mostly. We just... So you just pick whatever... Yeah, I mean, we 
talk to them and try to please them. And I was going to ask if it's like more money for like the main ramps. Or yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Grindhouse, <laughs> Grindhouse. <laughs> yeah, uh, of course. <laughs> yeah, no, Grindhouse is, uh, the, I think now the only, no, USD and Grindhouse are the only companies that stick with us from the very first one in 2005 until now. Mm. And so you get the big ramps? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, no, USD not. USD is, uh, never was interested. They do doing the trade show, but Grindhouse really wanted the whole park. Mm -hmm. And back in the day, they had the whole park. Mm -hmm. But now we got so many companies asking, and I really feel like we want to... Uh, Winniclish is a place where we want to show the whole, the whole world of plating, like the whole community yeah. and all the companies involved. So the more people are asking, we have to find ways to include them. Totally. Like if a new company wants to have a ramp running, we're talking with Grindhouse and see if it's possible right. and what we're going to do with it. And they're paying less because Grindhouse is having the most obs obstacles and the main obstacles. Yeah. And then there's little side ev side obstacles where you know a couple of tricks will go down, but mm -hmm. not, the whole, not the main stuff. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And it's the same with the trade show. Like we got too many people asking and we cannot accommodate all of them because the space is too small. Mm -hmm. And some of them, some of the bigger companies who stuck with us for a long time, they are asking for much bigger booth and they're like, hey, come on, we are with you for so long. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's so important to have new companies being able to come in and not the older ones st stealing all their space more or less because we want to show the diversity of all the companies and what, what's in there, what's in yeah. yeah. Because who, where else should it be shown? Like of course, yeah. No, that awesome. works out perfectly. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on, because I know you've been on such a long road from 2005 to here, yeah. and you've, you've had years I've heard, you know, there's been like total losses, and there's been, you know, I, I, a lot of people know, I, I don't know if a lot of people know about the fire, all these things, so I don't know if you wanted to like talk about some of uh, the struggles that, struggles that, that the came years. in between that, you know, you had to go through, um, yeah. all it's the mishaps throughout the years. It's like a super long story, because I was... There's like, even back in the day when we didn't know what we were doing, like we were not ready to deal with that amount of people. Mm -hmm. And like when we moved from Aurich, the, fir the first Winterklisch city, to the second one, Mühlhausen in the middle, you've been to, you've both been to Mühlhausen, yeah. I yeah, believe, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, that like the crowd was doubling every year in mm -hmm. size, like from 300, we went to 600, then to 1,200, and I think the last year yeah. in Mühlhausen was much more even, like 1.5 or something, but we had no idea about regulations uh, how to work with all that stuff we didn't even know how many people would were allowed in that building back in the day mm. <laughs> and we were far from being ready to deal with that shit like mm. we had yeah things were totally out of control and we were super lucky that nothing bad happened because of we had too many people in the building and from there we tried to professionalize everything and the first year where we really wanted to take it to the next level was 2009 when we picked up a new place we didn't we get, didn't get the permission from the city of Mühlhausen to go there again because people oh, really? were destroying hotel rooms, they were burning oh, cars wow. on the street. Burning um, cars on the street. Burning, yeah, some, yeah, the city itself oh, decided. Wow. Like all the, it started with all the hotels um, talking to each other and then telling the city that they would not accommodate people from other countries during that during weekend. That week. Oh shit! Damn. And then the city started to talk to us and to the park and it's like, okay, you won't get the permission. Damn, like that's wow. it. Yeah, that's crazy. For good reason. Like yeah, I mean, yeah. the city was the city was sense. too small yeah. for that people, and every single hotel room and every uh, even like we had a radio show where we got interviewed, and then the the, the host and the radio he asked people of Mühlhausen to to call if they had the couch or bed to share and stuff like that. So mm. the whole city was ours more or less, and then of course young people testosterone shit went crazy wow. and people burned cars destroyed the hotel rooms threw their yeah, tvs out of the cars. window <laughs> all that shit like a lot of people slept outside like even during the winter time mm -hmm. like it was went totally out of control and then when we had to to leave we went to belgium st nicholas and that was the first time when we were like okay now we're gonna 
do it proper yeah, like yeah. with everything you have to do but that went totally wrong because uh, the, the, the 40 fashion it went totally wrong yeah exactly <laughs> it's just like rollerblading <laughs> um, you know like 48 hours or not even 48 hours 24 hours something like that before the event was supposed to happen after two hours of preparations like we went there and it was almost an empty building like mm -hmm. there was some ramps in between but then we just changed the whole course together with the with the guy running the park like cutting like it was really DIY fashion but like okay we want to build something special like cutting a half pipe in half like in the flat just cut it and then you come with a forklift and you push the, the two pieces of the of the of the word ramp that are now two pieces you push them around for two quarter pipes and build a channel on top of it oh, okay. like truly going nuts with that the skate like park. a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of work, but also so much fun. Like, we yeah. built uh, grandstands. Is that the English word? Like, uh, very yeah. people sit down? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Built grandstands out of wood, so it was, everything was ready, and then the whole thing <laughs> burnt down. No one knows why. Oh, really? Uh, so, like, no one knew why it burnt down? The police investigation says that someone did it, did it on purpose, mm -hmm. but no one knows who it was, in a way. Like, it's, it's not official. Possibly a hate crime from wow. another sport. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, a lot of rumors going around. Uh. I don't know, um, but yeah, the whole place burned down, and then we ended up here because the week before, the week before the one in Belgium, during the preparation week, we came here for a pre-session. There was a pre-session organized by Grindhouse, and we came here. And on my way out, I was joking with the with the guy who was managing the park back then, and he was like, "Hey, yeah, good luck with Winter Clash next year. You're coming here, right?" And I was mm. like, "Yeah, for sure. Gonna call you." Just joking around, and then. A week later, I called him like, Abe, how about tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he was like, yeah, let me call you back. And like 10 minutes later or 15 minutes later, he was like, yeah, let's do it. Sick. And then we, when we got here, um, they already built a couple of new ramps. And there was already people here because it all happened while we were on the highway to that park in St. Nicholas from our apartment. Uh -huh. Then we got a call like, hey, the place burned down. And before we even were there, I, did the, I took the call to Area 51. Can we change it? And once we got here... The word has been spread and all the media back then we had more media um, everyone wrote about it so people were already here a lot of them yeah. because it's not that far like Belgium and uh, Netherlands are really close to each other yeah yeah so it worked out in the end and we lost a lot of material and some some of it has been refunded by the insurance but not too much yeah. for example Sven Burkos lost a whole ramp like he has this ramp set up for shows yeah and he lo it got burned in the fire he mm -hmm. just gave it as a gave it to us for free and then it was done Damn. but oh. i think insurance took care of it um but that wasn't it was terrible but like just for me personally the year after was much more terrible because then we wanted to really show that rollerblading is alive like we <laughs> what did you do for that then uh we decided to go to berlin and not in a proper not in a normal skate park but in a in an event arena like if Metallica is playing in Berlin. Not, not Metallica is maybe too big, but if <laughs> like a like 10,000 10, 10, yeah. people capacity venue, uh -huh. but concert venue, like That's event venue. Yeah. yeah. So and we went there in there, and there was no infrastructure at all. And we decided we're going to build a skate park here. We're going to go big time. And the motto back then was this time big time. <laughs> um, we did posters all over the city, like in the metro on TV, uh, four different radio sh uh, radio stations having trailers uh, one oh, week wow. long, yeah. every half an hour, like mm -hmm. did proper promotion. And we were like, okay, let's show everyone that rollerblading is still alive. Yeah. And if people would only know and see it, they will, they will like it, of course. Yeah. And in the end, all this 1,500 splitters that every year are, are there, they came, but no one else. Like two families from Berlin. Wow. Um, and once that happened... Do you know why? Do you have any like 
speculation it's just why that happened. Everything about it was wrong. The idea to make rollerblading famous that way again mm-hmm. is not working. Not in that not once, like with one event. Right. Mm-hmm. And also Berlin, people are so spoiled. Like there's concerts, there's events, everything is going on every day. Everything you want. It's mm-hmm. ch- kinda like New York, like yeah. whatever you want, it yeah. will be there. Available every time. So people mm-hmm. are always busy, it's not Yeah, like busy, spoiled. And who wants to see rollerblading, you know? Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, we, we weren't able to communicate it in a way that people got hyped about it. Yeah. We wow, saw it. crazy did all that work, and then nothing happened. Yeah, I mean, we went super big time. Like, in the week before, it was the first time that we hired people, had an office, uh, had, to hire, had to hire a technical director, like, all the stuff that oh, you wow. need for the regulations. Like, it's mm-hmm. proper really crazy, because yeah. if you do an event in that building, there's so many regulations. It's mm-hmm. not like in a skate park. You have yeah, to yeah. do everything proper yeah. and by law. And... Uh, that was that a winter class you tried doing or this is a completely different event that's winter class winter class oh, 2010 winter. Yeah, yeah in 2010 and uh yeah spent so much money what did i want to say yeah hired a pr person hired a technical director all that stuff and in the end yeah it failed and i lost uh more than 100,000 euros what? Um, not not lost them because I didn't have them. It was outside. <laughs> uh, it was bills that I couldn't pay. Mm-hmm. Like oh, more yeah, like okay. yeah. So you were kind of like in debt. Yeah. Kinda. So I was fif- uh, 25. I didn't have a company, so it was all in my name. So I'm 100% reliable myself. So Jeez. I was owning this money to this company. Uh-huh. And I was 25, so I wasn't able to deal with it. Like I wasn't able to. I didn't know what to do. Like you know, you're owning mm-hmm. this much money to so many yeah. people. And you were just a kid, 25. 25, mm-hmm. no clue. And I didn't open the letters I got, and I didn't just didn't react, mm-hmm. and kind of, what's the word? Ghosted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that made everything much worse because, uh, of course, then there's like the the interest. there's going to be interested mm-hmm. lawsuits, right. all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, and, uh, come to you. yeah. At some point, I wasn't. On door, I don't know how they do in, in ex- Berlin, all that stuff. <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And at some point, I wasn't even allowed to leave the country, uh, oh, okay. all that shit. Like, and then after a while, I got there, like, to okay. I should have asked for help right away, but I didn't. Yeah. And then after a while, I got back on track, and we did Winter Clash again in the year after, right away, but in Area 51 again. I think the motto was back to basics then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah. Played it safe since then. Now it's been Area 51. Yeah. Playing since safe, then. and then and then good step by step. With the park. Yeah, good relationship with the park. Doesn't matter what management is here. It always worked, and they're really treating us nice. Especially now, like they're super supportive, and mm-hmm. they have this organization called E Moves in the Netherlands that pushes extreme sports and action mm-hmm. sports, and they're supporting us big time, money wise as well. Mm-hmm. So really, really uh, working working out great for us. And that was a nice moment realizing, okay, I can, I will be able to pay back the debts with the same event that caused it. Yeah, but it took a couple of years to, yeah. Get everything together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely and takes a while. Yeah, and it's still fucked. Like t- two weeks ago, I don't know that. The problem is for the first two years, it probably get too boring now. But the first two years, three, four years after it happened, I didn't do taxes anymore because I was so, <laughs> in my mind, I was like, Just okay. Yeah. No, I had to deal with the debts, and yeah. I was so that was the only thing I could deal with. Like mm-hmm. it was so much because it's like, per company that you owe money to there's like the company itself then there's a lawyer then there's the uh, interest company whatever there's like four different parties involved per company so you're talking to 25 plus people mm-hmm. that you owe money to and i was i was 25 mm-hmm. so i totally i didn't do the taxes uh, all that stuff so after five years i was all the debt stuff was in order and i had made up agreements of monthly payments all that stuff and then the tax stuff hit pretty hard that's when i did uh, crowdfunding it was like four years ago or something like that 
um, just saying I, I did a f f GoFundMe or something like that because then the tech stuff hit me like okay we want 20,000 euros now and they just took it from my account and it was all the money for Winter Clash 2000 uh, I don't know 16 or 15 or something like that um, so that Winter Clash that year was completely crowdfunded uh, yeah more or less because okay. the, 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 the tax office took all the taxes from my account it just blocked my account took all the money that yeah. was already on it from the ticket sales from mm -hmm. the sponsoring and then I had to do the crowdfunding and mm -hmm. but back then it was always it was already the case that people were writing comments on, on the socials like oh yeah, yeah yeah Kobe is rich as fuck he's making so much money with Winter Clash all that stuff like uh -huh. because of course you, if you see if you look at it like there's a thousand plus people in the skate park the price is this uh huh yeah. like simple math mm -hmm. you don't no, you, you it think it doesn't work that way <laughs> yeah, it, of course it doesn't but yeah. people think and I was like I was sitting at home and I was like okay shit like I'm really fucked again so at least I want to tell that story. I want to tell people I'm not rich. I'm still fucked. Yeah. <laughs> and I did that crowd. And I, I wrote this like heartbreaking long letter. And I was like, just going to release it. And I was like, okay, maybe I connected to a crowdfunding. So in the best case, I get 2,000 euros and can pay my rent next day, next week or something. Mm -hmm. And then in four days or something, we reached above 20,000. Wow. And it was crazy. Like cra uh, there was the first time that I really realized how much of a community we created around this event and mm -hmm. how much it means to people. And that was pretty pretty intense that's awesome yeah and ever since but ever since it happened again like last week i had a got another letter from the tax office and because because i didn't do the taxes for five years between 2010 and 2015 i'm now having to do two years per year like i'm having to do how to explain Makes it sense no like you got to do the year of yeah, yeah and then the year the, from the back and the one, one now and every, uh, until so i'm season. still paying like double every year and having to put in double the work every year so wow. that's why it's still, it's still really affecting you now Absolutely, I'm still in debt as well. Like there's taxes still are, I'm still behind with the taxes. This year I will close that circle finally. Like I just paid for the last remaining year and now I'm like a normal person paying my debts, uh, paying my taxes every year. Normally? Yeah. Nice. That's, that just happened now with this winter clash, but the debts are still there. Like there's still 20,000 US left, a little less than 20,000 US. Wow. But I'm almost, I mean, it came down from 100,000, so... Yeah. So there's that's still good that you're still doing <laughs> this though. Like you would think most people after so, uh, taking a hit like that, they're like, I'm out. That's it. No the more. The thing is, like, I could probably not pay it back, pay it back ever without an event like Winter Clash. Oh, With okay. a normal job, oh, I yeah, wouldn't yeah, be able course, to pay yeah. it back. Yeah, yeah. Like that's the thing because I'm doing stuff. I'm I'm working on the side on other stuff, and mm -hmm. that's how I'm partly paying my rent. But I'm also partly paying my rent by Winter Clash. At the same time, I can pay back the debts. Mm -hmm. So that's mm -hmm. worth a lot. Like with a normal job, it wouldn't be possible because totally. a normal job you do to make make a living mm -hmm. and there wouldn't be anything left to pay the debts so kind of winter clash is needed as well to get out of the totally are you getting the, any corporate sponsorship now at all for winter clash we tried we tried 15 16 years we tried everything every year we could try. seriously we tried everything like from what? i'm surprised no one wants to sponsor an event like this they how, don't care the numbers like, like now like how number hundred thousand five hundred people Every from year 60 different countries okay. yeah and the years before it has uh, thousands a little bit more than a thousand and mm -hmm. now we had one five okay and the problem is that there's several problems and we tried really from the very first year we tried and i'm now that i'm working in a music festival business i know how sponsoring works and i know it's not that i'm this kid asking big, com big companies for money mm -hmm. it's like i know exactly how it works i know how a presentation or a pitch yeah, yeah, yeah. deck has to look like and everything mm -hmm. so it's not that we are doing that part wrong but it's just not interesting for them. First, it's rollerblading, and a lot of people told us that. Like, mm -hmm. Red Bull, every year, like the first five years we tried Red Bull, like mm -hmm. we tried hard, and every year they sent me like this, this grade of Red Bulls, like with 24 Red Bulls, and the latter like, uh, here's a little bit of energy for you to keep on trying. What? Like this, like really, uh, 
a couple of years later, they offered me a job, which I refused them. What? Um, well, why did they say keep on trying? Like, did they give you a no? They were like, why? yeah, sorry, we cannot sponsor it. Rollerblading's uh, not in the budget, but good luck. Keep it's on doing not the budget. Yeah, but then there's so <laughs> many. There's so many examples. Like this, it's like the 24 pack is almost like an insult. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, it's an insult yeah, in a way. Like insult. it's probably the yeah. snowboard dude running their marketing yeah, department, totally. making jokes of it or something. Of course, yeah. But there's been like. Is, do you know aspirin? There's like this uh, is uh, for headaches. Aspirin, yeah. Aspirin, yeah. yeah. We were in touch with aspirin, and we were we got pretty close of having them as our head sponsor, main sponsor in 2007 or eight, and then they and they already confirmed, but we didn't sign a contract yet. And then a couple of weeks before the event, or two months before the event, they sent us, yeah, sorry, we just redid our budget for next year, and not going to do any sports marketing at all. Sorry. I was like, okay, bummer. Damn. And then two weeks after Winter Clash, I. I saw a video of the sandboarding world championships and aspirin was the main sponsor no. so they so they thought it's cooler that people going down a sand hill a sand dune yeah. on a snowboard is cooler than rollerblading so that kind of puts things in the in perspective, perspective yeah wow. and that's what we had to deal with all the time and then a lot of companies are also saying like yeah you know it's in the netherlands so you have to talk to the netherlands department of that company then you talk to the netherlands department and they're like oh but it's 60 countries coming so you should talk to the european and the Europeans are like, yeah, I talked to World Rides, and then they send oh it back man. to the Netherlands. So no one is really, because no one wants to give their budget for, why would they give their budget to, why would the Dutch marketing department give the Dutch budget to I an mean, event like this? Like even, I mean, I know there's people from all these different countries, but even like local businesses or something like that in, in Eindhoven itself. We tried, it's we the tried. the biggest thing in the city, except for the football games that probably happen, yeah. you know? Yeah, we tried so many times, but for a couple of years ago, we decided that, or it's not that we decided it, but we realized something very important, and it's a bummer that we didn't do that before, is that Winneclash is not supposed to be this event. Like, it's not supposed to be corporate cars in the skate park to yeah. jump over a branding event. It's as core scene as it gets. Mm -hmm. It's not the fees, it's not Olympia, it's not the world championships or yeah, something. Yeah. It's like as DIY as it gets. Mm -hmm. And once we realized that it was so much more f it became much more fun again because you're not trying, you're just now we are. Like we are what we are. Yeah. And why should we try hard to involve someone who is not who doesn't understand it anyways. Totally. And the good part is with the ticket prices and the sponsors that we have, we are making a lot of money that we can use on the event. It's not that we need that corporate sponsorship anymore. Like now that is so strong since be a couple nice of years. Though. Would be nice, but at the same time, if you have that, you have to work with them. Like you have to make them yeah. happy. And yeah. I really don't want to please mm -hmm. any car company because the only ones that should be pleased are our guests and the, and, the, and the brands like why not invest all that energy totally. into presenting the brands that are in blading in who've a better been light there for years. who've been yeah. there for years like create a better trade show area or give them better ramp branding or just showing what we have instead of getting someone from outside in who wants to throw a little bit of money once mm -hmm. but taking so much effort to please them because yeah. their contracts are crazy and they want all the branding to be correct and then you spend so much time and energy for money that we now don't need anymore I mean, of course, we would need more money. It would be nice to be able to fly in everyone and everything. But we just raised the ticket price last year, this year, for the first time, from 40 years to 55 years. And that's like, it's a lot of money and we can do a lot of stuff with it. Yeah. So I realized like it's much more healthy to grow step by step and use that money wisely instead of using so much energy to get outside people in. It's mm -hmm. the same with media. Like everyone's in the wild there's local media asking or German media or any media company like TV whatever to come in here and film and of course everyone would think like yeah of course we need that TV coverage but that TV coverage sucks 
Yeah. But if they do it, it sucks. They're going to yeah. show us in the wrong way. Wrong way yeah. And for me, it means I have to take care that they're getting around here safely because they have no clue how people are moving. There's so much right. movement in the park. There's so much chaos. It just adds one more. And yeah, exactly. And it's dangerous for them. Yeah. And it's not going to look good in the end anyways. Mm -hmm. so, so it's not even worth it. Yeah. yeah so I just had it, that, that uh, situation. Like there's this thing called Tigerentenclub. It's like this super famous kids show in Germany, like super, super big and super famous. What's it called? A Tiger Enten Club. Okay. It's like it's like this yellow duck, <coughs> wooden duck. It's really famous. But okay. <laughs> and they wanted to do a show, and I was like, to be honest, Ed, you can come here if you want to, and I will put someone by your side to guide you around. But I would much more prefer to send you footage afterwards, and you can meet bladers, German bladers, in their hometown and film them there for the practice and mm -hmm. afterwards and stuff like that. It makes much more sense than you in the chaos being totally overwhelmed and not yeah. sure what to film and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, they don't know like what's that. going on. Yeah. They don't know the format or anything like that. Yeah. So you would, like, in a, of course you would think, like, Winterklisch is so sick and you need to show it to the outside world. But I think much more important than that is to make it as sick as possible for everyone from inside the scene. Mm -hmm. Because that's where everyone gets their inspiration from that's where the brands get their inspiration from for coming years to maybe stay in the scene because for one weekend they're actually selling so much stuff and they're totally. meeting so many people and they get so much input which it, they don't get over the year yeah, like over the year for the like, brands. yeah mm -hmm. for the brands and then for the people like there's so many there's people who are saving up money three to four years to come here or yeah. there's people from south america where the whole village puts money on one guy sorry on one guy to come here like guys wearing t-shirts where it's like the local car company the local bakery and everyone puts money for that one person to come here once mm -hmm. so i think that should be much more that should be the main focus the like yeah well there's people from libya a guy from libya a couple of years ago libya libya he was yeah. only a come he's, he was only a, allowed to come here together with the sports minister of libya otherwise he wasn't allowed to leave what? wow so there's so much effort in it. The guy came and they gave me like this official wooden plate from the government. Like the government, the guy from the sports minister brought this like wooden frame thing where it said like in funny English, like thank you for do in sport or something like that. Like funny yeah. English, but it was an appreciation from them, from the freaking government. Yeah. And the guy was allowed to come here and stuff like that. So that's, all of that should be the only focus we have. Mm -hmm. Like we should make it as good as possible for all these people instead of some outside or instead of trying so hard which we did anyways mm -hmm. to please other people or to make everyone on the street understand how sick plating is totally. because the most important is that we are happy with us and if we are confident about plating we are we will be able to spread it mm -hmm. to other people outside yeah, as yeah. well but yeah. this should be the place where we celebrate ourselves in a way totally yeah that's that's sounds awesome. cheesy but no like that's really cool i like that yeah. i was gonna ask what your <coughs> like mantra behind Winter Clash was, but I guess you just explained all of that right there. Yeah. <laughs> Better than I could have imagined. A after That's 15 years, do you, do you have it down to a science now? I'm so sorry, sir. After 15 years, do you have it down to a science now? Or a demo science? <coughs> Resigns? Like, oh, you mean go Do you have back like or? the formula down to make the event, or are there always like unforeseen uh, things? There's like always unforeseen stuff. Like still? Yeah, 15 yeah. years later, still yeah. like all these things popping up? Yeah. Hmm. It's like weird. I think by now you'd be like. Nah, it's th because we keep it interesting for ourselves as well. Like we, uh, with with uh, the the uh, the panels and the talks and the mm. workshops, that all started that's two really years cool. ago now. Yeah. Like and that that added something totally different because now so many older people are coming back because yeah. they want to see their childhood heroes. They want to see Arlo. They want to see you guys doing the live show. Like all that stuff just has been added three years ago because it got boring fast as well. Like okay, it's only the competition. So what else can we add? Yeah, full events. Yeah, full on event, but also 
having using Vinegar as a platform to showcase everything that Rollerblading has to offer. Like there's so many secret heroes, like people in Romania or Malaysia that are running a skate shop or doing events that no one even knows about. And we want to have a place where we showcase all the work of everyone, but also get everyone together so they can be inspired take that to their own country and do good stuff there as well. Yeah, yeah see, that, that would be awesome. Like, if, even if you're talking about the guy from, like, Libya who came with, like, the sports minister, yeah. like, yeah, making that, like, platform, like, getting that story told, yeah. like that. And no one knows, like, everyone's talking about Europe and the States. Yeah. Everyone's talking about South America and maybe Russia. But there's so much stuff going on in every country, and there's local heroes in every country that dedicated their life to blading. And I think we should showcase that, like, for the future, that's what we want for the future, even more, like, when it should be in the platform for everyone and everything that's happening in blading. That's the big goal, but at the end of the everyone is here, so why not make use of it? Yeah, totally. But there are stories like that, about like, the guy from Libya, like any other crazy stories here, people are just trying to get over it. Mm, the, uh, <laughs> there's one really funny one, it's called a guy, Beethoven Vitanga, shout out, shout out Beethoven Vitanga. He's like a name. Yeah, he's at <laughs> 2008. <laughs> yeah. I think you've been there even. 2007, we had this huge, um, from quarter five to quarter five, this huge house, this huge building, uh, a grind box, where I think Note and Bailey battled. On yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was a guy from Brazil who came, and I think his, he told me the story that his village put money into it as well, but only for the one-way pride, because they were assuming there's a chance he's going to win, because he's a local hero, and of course he's going to win the competition, so they put a the one-way ticket, and with the prize money, he was supposed to no win. Way. way back home. I'm not sure if that's story too, but uh -huh. he told me, and other people told me as well. But of course, he won. He didn't win the competition, but he won the best slam award because he did. Oh, that was the guy jumping, jumping on the curb, oh, yeah, landing. What are you doing? Oh, did he win money from that? Uh, no. Only oh, okay. Trophy, so, but, uh, okay. Yeah, but he won money the, from this huge grind box. It was like twenty feet. Yeah, onto this. Like another like ten feet onto this down box. Well, he tried like sold it and just yeah. completely just split it like. Split his ass, yeah. <laughs> but then he, even years later, he was still in Europe. Like he never went back home. Like he still. Why he couldn't get back home? For in the beginning, maybe that. But I couldn't take him back. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like I mean, he, he was living under. You don't want to go face the shame. Oh my <laughs> god! Basically, if you're gonna win the contest, you want best slam. Oh yeah, but it, there's so many, like every once in a while another story pops out about him, like he was living underneath the world ramp of Nel Martin in Spain for a while. What? Then he was working for Cirque du Soleil, I believe he came to Saint Martin 2014 and showed me this video of Cirque du Soleil or something like that. And now Dominic Wagner just got, or someone else, met him in China where he opened a restaurant. What? So it's like this crazy story but it all started and with everything <laughs> like this. And there's a lot of stories like that, like a lot of fun and crazy moments. That's the beauty of this event and having all these people from different yeah. parts of the world. And it's, it's the most important to, to, to realize or to, to, to not forget about like how much effort people are taking to come here. Mm -hmm. Like for some of yeah. us it's easier or yeah. harder but still doable. Mm -hmm. But some are really <coughs> saving up money for such so long. And also a lot of my work up front is, is paperwork to um, write invitations and stuff so they can get their visa. So they're yeah. allowed to leave the countries because they're not simply not allowed to leave the country. Totally. Yeah. So wow. that's a lot of I, I know like Boris like, Gaston and like a lot of the Russian guys yeah. like they wanted to come for a while and they were able to come one year. Yeah. Um, yeah it's not as easy to mm -hmm. or some of the Chinese guys, like there was a group of seven Chinese people and they just texted me I'm from Hong Kong and they ran allowed to leave the country now because mm -hmm. of the, the virus. Oh yeah. So like oh, this little thing is like they're looking forward to it for so long and then Shit, it's fucked.
Yeah, it's not, we take it for granted sometimes. Exactly. We all go to these events. Um, what advice do you have for people who try to create events in their hometown, stuff like that? It seems like you run probably the most successful skate contest in, in blading, and I feel like people could learn a lot from your experiences and what you told before, but is there anything specific that you would advise people on doing to spread these events and contests in their hometowns or areas? Oh, but to not do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, to not do. Most yeah, we do not have all the not do. Yeah, open your letters if you get them. <laughs> React to stuff happening. Yeah. Um, deal with it. <laughs> yeah, deal with it. Yeah. No, but the most, I think, what we started when we started the small street events in our hometown, we did. Uh, we were thinking about how to make it a special day for everyone. It's not like we're going to do a competition. We're going to put a prize money on it, and then it will automatically be the greatest event ever. It's about creating moments for people, and you've got to think about it. Like for it's the small things, like we. Or water ice, like small sticks, like just colored like ice, yeah, yeah. Uh, water ice stuff, and gave it out to everyone. And then our friends, they made sandwiches and maybe a salad. And then in the second or third spot, someone came and gave it to all the riders. Mm -hmm. And everyone was like, oh, I haven't done that. I haven't seen that at a restreet event. It's just like take attention to the, de to the details yeah. and try to create a, day, a special day for people. Not just like, okay, here's the spot, go and skate. Do something where people remember and talk about, and that's what we did from the very beginning. Also with video premieres and just walk that extra meter. Otherwise, don't do it. Like that's my advice. Go all in. I guess. Yeah, go yeah. all in and think about how can I make this special for people, mm -hmm. and treat your treat the people that come into your event as your guests and not as your like and understand that they're taking an effort to go there. So you should take an effort to make it nice for them. Yeah, like that's the main advice I would say. That's right, I never thought about that aspect of it. You know, people are going out of their way. Some people, whether it's local too, people still drive a couple hours for skate events, you know. Yeah. They're taking the time that they date to drive all these hours to your event, you know, paying the gas and all that stuff, and then, you know, exactly. you might as well treat them the best they can be. Yeah, exactly. Especially if you want to have an event running successful. Yeah. Like, just treat your and keep doing it every year so people yeah. keep coming back, you know. Yeah, and don't sleep on it. Like, we, it happened to us, like, since between 2012 and 15. We got kind of bored, and it was always the same. Like I mean, the ramps are new every year, but we got bored in a way of like, okay, how long are we still? Do we still want to do it? Because everyone in the team is getting old as well, and like every year they take one or two weeks off their yearly holiday, which is like only 20 days or 24 days. They take it to work here, so we're starting to question that if that makes sense. How long do we want to make it run? And then we did okay. We started with the panels. What I talked, what I told you before, like think about what can we do with it. Like if we invite Otto and he speaks to people. It's going to be special. Yeah. Otto, Happy, and Julio sitting on one stage, it's going to be special. If you guys, if you guys are doing live podcasts, it's going to be something different and special for people. And that really, really changed us for ourselves. Like now we are ready, now we are thinking ahead because now so many doors open up. Yeah. There's so many more people you can invite who've never been. And people want to see, like, Pete, Randy, Spice, and Lisa Moore or whatever. All of them never been here. Yeah. And then also, now that we did a higher ticket price, we have much more budget to work with. Like, we can. People are not cannot afford to come here. We can at least chip in a little bit, but also we can sponsor small events. We need some prices, and the companies are only sending the extra large T-shirt from 1999. So we can at least throw in a couple of vintage tickets, or maybe in the future even 150 euro for a flight or something like that. Like just thinking of out of the box, like how can we use yeah. the money that vintage generates to do make it better, make to make blading better, to to help other people doing their show. And that once we realize that, we are super excited now. Like now, every evening after we come home, like from here, we're building in 
until nine or ten every evening, then we go back home. Mostly I'm sitting in the hot tub because I'm fan of warm water. <laughs> and everyone else standing we're around. Talking about that. <laughs> yeah. And then and then everyone we're standing around, like outside in the cold freezing, I'm in the hot tub and then smoking cigarettes and drinking beer and then like fantasizing about shit we could do and then it's like, okay, we could do this and this and like so there's so many ideas coming in that I yeah. feel like okay we are Actually, after 16 years, we're still just getting started. Still excited. And that's a super nice feeling to have because a couple of years ago, it really felt like we're done and we're out of ideas. It sounds like you're going to That's why it's amazing to hear that you're still doing this and doing yeah. it. It's so, so much fun. It's just so much fun, so many opportunities. Because I'm still a skate kid, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I can still invite skate. my. I'm not skating myself anymore that much. Like twice a year or something, I lost the fun in that. Ooh, but I'm still. Still as excited about blading itself, or like now we are able to invite our childhood heroes to come and talk and tell their stories, and that's why so many older people are coming back now. Like, I think this is the year where the most people from that don't skate anymore, but they're bringing their friends again because they have the opportunity to see Fabiola or Aragon or like all their childhood heroes. Yeah. And that really changed the dynamics of the event because now it's not just kids, the parents, and a couple of skaters who are still skating. Now it's everyone who was ever involved in. Blading culture, for them it's interesting now. Even if it's just the one weekend of your arrival, it's really interesting for them to go. So. That's awesome. Well, I don't want to keep you for too long. I know, you I know you're super duper busy. Yeah. I was going to ask you real quick, I was curious, did you ever compete in one of the winter clashes? But like, no. couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> in the early days, did you ever want to? Uh, like, Dance going off, I want to get in there. Uh, I was hosting the first one and the second one, I believe. But that was too much already. Yeah, okay. Um, like this year. Huh? <laughs> Compete this year. Skate no, three, three times again now. Really, I'm not a, like that attention would be too much, to be honest. Like that's, I just don't like it. Everyone will lose their shit over there. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, that would be the yeah, first yeah, moment yeah. ever for me. Like that. <laughs> yeah, yo, yo, it's good. You should do it just to get that feeling once. Yeah. You get on the course and I was like, ah! Yeah, like, <laughs> fears thrown all over the place. He's the man behind the curtain. Yeah. He wants to. Yeah, but I, mean, I, went to, like, I went to um, Ram Jam last year, it's a competition in Denmark, and I competed there, just because nice. I wanted to see if I can still do it, it was really was it? a funny experience, like, I, I barely made it through the first heat, like, my legs, just, I don't have muscles anymore, <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, I did it, I, I finished my run, and then took a beer, and then the organizer came, like, hey, you made it to the finals, and I'm like, and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> And then, and that then, was the finals for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah but then I, and I was like, okay, I will definitely not be able to have another heat in the finals, but I could try, I'd rather give my spot to someone else, or I try one trick. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, everyone's making fun of me because I'm always, like, my whole career based on hand grinds and soul stalls, like somewhere really high up. I don't know, soul stalls. Yeah. So I was like, okay, then I just try this trick and see if I still got it. <laughs> for, my whole, for the whole heat, I tried this one trick and then I won the best trick. After not skating for one year, no, so I felt really good. Yeah, that's nice. Against, but I think I got this like, uh, how do you say? Everyone in the building knew. Okay, we're gonna give it to this old guy. <laughs> because it was like Joe was there, yeah, David yeah, was there, Winnie was there, yeah. was there, and then I won. I beat them, you know. So yeah. I'm, actually, on paper, I'm better than them. Yeah, you better. <laughs> you <laughs> are. I think it was really like, okay, here it is. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. I gotta take a look at that. I had some ads for that. That's happy to go. That makes you feel like a little more happy about that aspect of your skating life rather than just like being in the background and stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah it's more like yeah, last night we had a spontaneous session with uh, Gabriel Hayden and Carson okay. Just they were skating the BMX Park and on the way to the office, on the way home. I was like, okay, I'm gonna touch that step up once. Yeah. And then we had like this five minutes or ten minutes session, session and that's enough for me these days. Yeah, I don't know why I'm not having fun that much anymore. 
Because he likes her. That's because he likes her. Yeah, he got to get electrical with again. But I'm, I'm as excited as before, just the plating part itself. Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like it's a, to me, it's like it's evolved. Like you still have the love you're, for plating. You're a fan. And yeah. It's, yeah, you're a fan. You're just making it, contributing in different ways. My, my plating is sitting on the computer and like, yeah, yeah. It's like I'm as excited. Like if yeah. I'm going to the office in the morning, I'm as excited as I was back in the day of plating. Mm -hmm. It has to be exciting to make an event where so many people show up and all these reconnections. It's like a huge reunion as well and uh, an exciting while, event. It's like a multi, it's so many things now. Yeah. Well, for a while I was trying to figure out, okay, this is passing. Like I'm not, I'm not plating anymore and why is that? And I felt better about it and tried to figure out. And then at some point I was just like, okay, maybe it's best to accept it. Mm -hmm. And it's okay, like I don't have to force myself to blade. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, I'm still a blader. Yeah. yeah. And that's once I realized that it was like, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Well, I know you gotta go soon, you know, you're very busy. I yes. just wanna say, Thank you for taking time. Yes, we appreciate it. I just wanna say, from me, like from my experiences here, uh, I just wanna, especially after hearing all the crazy stories that happened the past 10 years with organizing this and you going to invent all this crazy stuff, like, thanks for keeping this going every year. And anybody who hasn't come, like you have to come here. I remember last year was the first time I came in like ten years or over ten years, and there was like a feeling I got that I can't really explain. No, but you only experience it by being here, and it, it'll change like your whole outlook on on skating. If you're ever like bummed out or anything like that, you got to come to Winter Clash, and you'll skate the rest of the year easy. Like it, it just motivates you so much. And when you were like the award ceremony last year, like I felt like I wanted to cry, like watching like everybody up there. Like it was such like such an amazing thing to see. Is there anything that you want to tell people to let them know if they haven't come yet? Mm, yeah, I mean, it's, it sounds stupid to say take the effort because it's a lot of money and a lot of effort. But on the other hand, uh, yeah, we're going to continue for four more years at least, or more probably. Effort's worth it. Yeah, it's worth it, and we're going to try our best to make it special. And if you're already in the building, uh, the award ceremony this year, the award ceremony this year will be special again. So oh, we got something planned. Damn. Yeah. Okay. All right. I can't wait for that then. Very cool. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. And Thank you. Thank you for coming out. Doing Thanks for coming out. Thank you so much. We yeah. appreciate that too. Um, anything else Thanks. that you wanted to? No, I was going to say like this is like the one time we could say. Thanks for having us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah Thanks for having us. Thank you. Yeah, we but, definitely appreciate yeah. that too. All right. Hey, yo, yo. Everybody watching the live stream too, stay tuned. We got a bunch more coming